Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. 25-year-old Ross Wilcock was born severely sight impaired. Ross has never been told what his eye condition is, but needless to say, he's had his fair share of struggles throughout his school days and as a teenager. Ross joins me now to tell us his story about his struggles with his sight loss, how he overcame them and why he's never been happier. Ross, thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio today. Well, thank you for having me. Now, you are 25 years old and you have been visually impaired since you were a child. Now, you're not 100% sure of what your eye condition is, but how much can you actually see, Ross? I've been um, visually impaired since I was born and my sight is, I don't know the medical term, so apologies for that, Um, but I am totally blind in my left eye and I have... Some sight in my right eye. Um, I guess I would say that I am partially sighted in my right eye. I've got a bit less sight than that. Um, so yeah, I'm registered blind and, and yeah. And you're saying you've been pretty much blind all your life. You don't have much usable sight, do you? Did you go through the mainstream education system? Uh, yes, I did. But at a school that I went to had a visual impairment support unit in it. Um, but yes, it was a mainstream school. Now, Ross, we speak to people all the time that have had so many different experiences of being through the education system, whether it be a blind school or whether it be mainstream school with a VI unit. And we've heard so many stories from people being bullied to people having a great experience. What was your experience of school like? It was really mixed. The first few years were really, really tough because... And again, uh, this is more secondary school than primary. In primary school, to be honest, I don't think I really understood. I wasn't really aware of how much my sight was actually affecting me because when you're a kid, I feel like like your peers and everything don't really care. But more when I went to secondary school, it had quite a big effect on me socially. I feel like I was put in a lot of classes that were really, really low levels. And that was genuinely, and I was even told this, that was genuinely because of my visual impairment that they thought that I couldn't keep up with, you know, being in higher levels um, and everything. And that really just gave me such a confidence knock because I felt like I wasn't, like, good enough or smart enough to be, like, academically smart. But as I went on in school, I ended up getting teachers who were really supportive and really encouraging and I ended up leaving school with uh, three hires um, which is a really amazing achievement for me because when I started in 2004 I I started secondary school um, no one thought I would leave with any hires so I left with three. Well done to you I mean that is Mm. an amazing achievement particularly when you've had your confidence so incredibly knocked what were the other children at school like with you I mean were they supportive or did you get bullied for for being blind? Um, The thing is I uh, I wasn't I wasn't I I feel like, again, at the beginning of school, I was actually off quite a lot for other health things. I had operations on my leg, so I missed quite a lot of my second year of secondary school. But I find that in first year, you kind of try to find your feet a little bit. And second year's when a lot of the kind of friends bonding starts to happen. And so I missed out on that. So when I came back in third year to do my standard grade, which seems like a million years ago now, which is terrifying. Um, I was sort of not really an outcast. I sort of only had a very, very small group of friends, mainly the other people who were in the visual impairment unit, which is nice because it meant that we all could kind of support each other. 
but I guess in a way, being sort of like an outcast, I guess, helped me find out subject-wise what I really wanted to do. And I found, you know, I found drama and I found English through that. And it also meant that teachers could finally see that I was quite smart and quite, you know, eager to learn and everything. So even though socially it wasn't a great experience, academically it was it was really good. I've always wondered from speaking to people who have been blind from birth or severely sight impaired from birth, mm. do you ever feel that, you know, you were frustrated as a child that you really wanted to see? Because, you know, I lost my sight when I was 19. I had perfect sight until I was 19. So for me, going from one level of sight to absolutely no sight at all was was completely life-changing but a lot of people say to me well what I've never had I've never missed I don't know any different but I just wonder you know was there times when you were younger even though you've never had your full sight did you ever wish that you could really see um well that's actually quite an interesting question because I've had periods in my life where I have thought I would like to see when I was younger it didn't really affect me but I think that the biggest thing that uh, when it really started to hit me was when all my friends started getting like driver's licenses and things like that made me feel like oh I can never drive and the only more frustrating thing was other people not necessarily me I know that I can't drive and that I'll never be able to drive and that has upset me but what upsets me more sometimes is when friends of mine say oh that can't be bothered learning how to drive and I I've got that attitude where well I'll never be able to drive so you can so go and get your license kind of thing so I guess you know in that way it frustrates me when people who are fully sighted and who can do the things that I can't do don't do it because they know that they can at any point. That's more frustrating to me than actually the things that I can't do because I have been severely sight impaired since birth. I've kind of gotten used to it. It's funny you mentioned the driving thing because I had my full driver's license. I got it, you know, when I was 17. I really love to rub that up my husband's nose because, you know, he didn't get his until he was about 30 and it took him, you know, about seven attempts. So I got my driver's license first time when I was 17. But then I had always wanted to drive from being very very young I was desperate to drive I loved driving and you know growing up in a farm I was able to kind of drive around the fields you know obviously not on the roads before I was actually able to legally drive on the roads so driving is the biggest thing in my life that I miss it really really is that and holding a book holding a book in my hand and reading off pages Um, I think audiobooks are an absolutely wonderful thing but I miss the physical turning of the page. No, I'm the same. My sight's got a little bit worse in the past couple of years, but I used to really encourage like my college and my school to order in large print books and things like that, and audiobooks, because even though I love audiobooks, they're really expensive, even on, on sites like Audible, which is a dream come true like for anyone, not just people with sight impairment, but really expensive, whereas you can get a book for like three ninety nine sometimes and I think that's something that's quite frustrating I guess is uh like you, I love holding a book and being able to turn the pages and I do actually still collect books even though I can't actually read them. Especially if it's a book of a film that I like. I'll maybe collect the books that have like the film poster on the front cover just to kind of have a kind of memorabilia more than actually have to read. But yeah, I think that's something that I would love to do is actually be able to read a book instead of listening to audio. But of course, audiobooks are, are amazing. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I do hope you're part of RNIB's Overdrive because um, you'll get your books for nothing there. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're a young man now. You're a fine young man. You've uh, got your qualifications. What are you doing with your life just now? What would you like to do in the future? Right now, I'm volunteering for a whole bunch of things. I barely get any sleep, <laughs> actually. Um, I am an RNIB connector. I work for, I also volunteer at a theatre company, Theatre Nemo. And what they do is they support people that suffer from mental health issues. So that can be anything from depression right up to any kind of mental health issue, um, whether it's past, present. And I think that's a great thing and I love being a part of that. And I actually work in a coffee shop once a week as well, training as a barista, a voluntary role. That's been a dream come true. Even though I've been visually impaired my, my entire life, I don't see any limits. I always believe that there's always a way to do anything that you want to do. You don't need to find new ways of doing things that's comfortable for you. Working in a coffee shop has been amazing, even though I can't use the towel. There's still so many things that I can do, so yeah. Well, listen, I need to find out which coffee shop this is because I'm a big fan of coffee, definitely. <laughs> but, but you yeah. mentioned you work for um, a theatre company that deals with people with mental health issues. Now, is this something that's affected you over the years? Um, yeah, uh, I suffer a lot from anxiety because I get really anxious about not being able to see where I am and that sort of fear that like, I feel like I always like to be in, in control of situations so when I'm planning something with my friends or when I'm planning my week I always like to know this is where I'm going to be, this is what time I'm going to be, be there for and how long it's going to be and unless I know the area quite well, I know access routes and things like that but if I'm going somewhere that I'm not quite knowledgeable of it, it's quite scary for me and I I can have, you know, begin to have panic attacks, but I, I'm a lot more confident now in asking for help, but I think it's more a control thing. I like to know that I'm in control of my surroundings, but, you know, sometimes with my visual impairment, that can't always be the case. Do you know, it's so interesting you bring that up because... I think one would automatically assume that when you've never had your full sight, that it would be something that you were very used to, just, you know, getting about from A to B. And having been blind 20 years myself, completely blind, there's still times that I feel anxious being out on my own with my dog or being in a, an unfamiliar place. You know, that anxiety still does affect me. Yeah, no, I think it's something that unfortunately will probably never go away because I'm always going to at some point going to be somewhere that I don't know, that I don't know where I'm going to be. So that's something that, you know, it's quite a good thing to know that it doesn't always go away, but I think it does get easier and it will get easier, hopefully. What would you say your biggest issue as a, a severely visually impaired young man is? I think the biggest issue is um, probably socially, like making new friends. The friends that I have just now, a lot of them I've known from school and a lot of them I've known for like many years. So they've gotten to know me and they see me and not the person that's visually impaired. It was only in the past couple of years that I've actually only started using my symbol cane. I never used to use it. I never used to want to be known as someone who's visually impaired. But now that I use it, it has created a lot of barriers socially for me, making new friends. But the way that I see it is, it's their loss because I'm a pretty awesome person. So. Oh, do you know something? You are a pretty awesome person. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I, at first, didn't want to be seen with a symbol cane. Um, I didn't want to use the long cane. And I, I felt it was 
you know, this sounds silly because I am totally blind. And, and looking back 20 years ago, I didn't know anybody blind and I didn't know anything about blindness. I didn't have any blind friends. I had met one blind guy that had come to our school to give a talk. That was it. So for me, it, it was just all a bit too blind using a cane and using symbol sticks. You know, I didn't want to be blind. I wanted to be just this kind of sighted girl that just so happened to be trapped inside a blind girl's body. I think for me, the biggest turning point was realising that to get on, I had to have one foot in sighted world and one foot in blind world. And that's what helped me personally. I know everybody's different. No, um, I totally agree. I think that especially when you're going through those teenage years, for me, being a teenager and having sight loss, being in secondary school and all that social aspects of it, I think that I was very much against using large print, even though I knew I needed it. But thankfully, like I said, when I got to like fourth year, fourth and fifth year, the teachers were so encouraging about me using large print and kind of making it, making me feel like my disability was actually part of me and what made me the person that I am. And that's how I like to think now that um, if I wasn't visually impaired, I wouldn't be the person I am now. Well, you certainly wouldn't be, and you are a phenomenal for awesome, as you said. <laughs> Just finally, Ross, where would you like to see yourself in the next few years? I mean, if you could have your dream job and be in your ideal situation, wh- where would it be? I would love to be uh, working in film or theatre. Um, like, I don't know, travelling the world, going to America, travelling Europe, everywhere like that. Uh, making films, uh, writing plays, acting in plays, and also just kind of helping other other people who are either losing their sight or already lost their sight, um, taking kind of like a counselling route and kind of being there for other people. You know, I, I wish that I had someone who officially appeared who could say to me, whether you see or not, the world is still as colourful as you want to make it. Well, Ross, you're an incredibly inspiring young man. You certainly inspired me today. And I wish you all the very best of luck with your future. And thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio today. Well, thank you for having me. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.